Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Up. So he was able to 
put the points on the board, helped kept the pressure on the Dallas Cowboys to be able to be able to try to score touchdowns instead of trying to make it into a kicking game. So Brandon McManus helped the Cowboys, I mean, kept the Broncos in that matchup. Now, for Greg Zerline, this was the part that I talked about how it was supposed to be a matchup, supposed to be a kicking duel, but it never happened. And it's not because of the player. It was because of the circumstances that that team had faced. The Dallas Cowboys didn't score their first points into the fourth quarter when they scored, where they scored two touchdowns. But because of the climate of the game, they went for two-point conversions. And they were successful with both of those tries. However, the only time Greg Zerland, Greg Zerland got on the field to kick that day was just kickoffs. And you're not going to have no duels and kickoffs. Only thing you want to see how many people had touchbacks. So, literally, Greg Zerline did not get a chance to try to get into any type of duel with Brandon Manis or never had a chance to really help make help keep Tiff in this game because the offense never got him into field goal range. So, that that's what happened with that kicking duel, that matchup they was looking for between Brandon McManus for the Denver Broncos and Greg Zerline for the Dallas Cowboys. So, Brandon pretty much essentially won that matchup between the kicker duel. So that was something that was really interesting in week nine of the NFL in regards of the players that came through the NFL regional combine platform. Now, another tough game when we had the Minnesota Vikings when they had to go to Baltimore to play the Ravens in that beautiful uh, M&T Bank Stadium. And then this was this was a game that both teams needed, you know, basically, you know, coming off a of bye you know, getting themselves ready to, you know, um, get acclimated for the second half, the second stretch of the season, where it's going to be critical to see who's going to, to who's going to really make a legitimate postseason run. Now, we don't have no doubts about the Baltimore Ravens as they are definitely one of the contenders for their division in the AFC North. However, when it comes down to the Minnesota Vikings with their shaky start, their whole goal is to hope they can get into the pitcher but they knew they needed to win this game in order to really have a legitimate chance of knowing that they can secure a wild-card spot as the, as the season continue to unfold. Knowing that the Baltimore Ravens are a very physical team, the Minnesota Vikings wide receiver, two-time Pro Bowl, Adam Dillon, a veteran pioneer from the platform, and his teammate fullback, C.J. Ham, knowing that the Vikings needed both these guys to step up and show out and play in a very big way in this matchup. And in this matchup, knowing the Ravens going to be physical against Adam Thielen, knowing that Adam Thielen is going to command a lot of attention, or command a lot of double teams. And in this matchup, the the Ravens are ready, and they pretty much locked down Adam Thielen in this game. Probably one of the, the first times that Adam Thielen was shut down in the matchup. He was targeted seven times. Out of those targets, he caught two passes and he had a grand total of six yards in the entire game, including the overtime, the extra extended time they had in that game. However, it's Adam Thielen. He's always going to play hard. And in this matchup, although he only caught two passes, his biggest pass, um, his biggest reception came with the one-yard touchdown pass that he had to force the overtime in this matchup. Let me take you to one minute and six seconds left in regulation when the Vikings were on the Ravens' one-yard line, and they faced second and goal. Kirk Cousins received the ball uh, from snap, um, shotgun formation, and threw a fade to the corner to Dillon, and who was covered very well. But Dillon was able to muster away from the defender to snatch the ball out of the air to secure that one-yard touchdown that helped force the Ravens, I mean, helped force the Vikings to force in overtime. However, plays before that, when the Vikings was facing a third, um, where they were facing a third and long, actually, actually was third and short, third and three from their 32-yard line with two minutes and 34 seconds left. And um, Kirk Cousins threw a deep pass down the sideline of the field for 32 yards to C.J. Ham, who put them near the field goal range, but they know they needed a touchdown. But that had ultimately helped set up what was needed in that matchup for the Ravens to be able to for the Ravens, for the uh, Vikings to actually force an overtime to actually have a chance to win this game. So that was two clutch performances from two 
clutch NFL regional combine pioneers down the stretch when the team needed them to give them a chance to win that game. Both those players executed on their opportunities, and they did their job in that game. Unfortunately, they walked away uh, without the victory, but they still did their job in trying to help their team, their team to be able to win. You listen to you listen to Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network when you hear about NFL stars tomorrow today. I'm your host Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker-Report.com. So that was two big games there that we witnessed and we watched out for for the players. We're going to swing over to the New York Jets with Kenan Cole when they had to play host to the Indianapolis Colts and Kenny Moore the second. In this matchup, Kenan Cole had one of his better games since being with the New York Jets when he was able was he was targeted eight times, but he caught five of those passes for 66 yards, and and he we came close came close in getting a touchdown. He still has not caught a touchdown touchdown yet in the 2021 season. Still early. Anything can happen. He can explode. We're going to talk more about Keelan Cole as this show progresses. In the same matchup, going up against one of the guys he's been, he go up against a lot from the platform in Kenny Moore the second. Kenny Moore the second, another strong, strong game, still leading his team in solo tackles. And in this matchup, he, he definitely did not slow down as he finished with nine tackles in this matchup. You know, Killing, um, I would say Moore is really putting forth a strong case, again, to show that he is a Pro Bowl corner back in the National Football League. Um, last year, you know, with the restrictions from the COVID-19, and although we did not have a Pro Bowl game, but they did have selections. And because of the climate of the season and the way how they did their Pro Bowl selections, they really they did not have alternates. They're not saying that he needs there had to be an alternate um, situation to become a Pro Bowler, but every year they know they will have alternates, and alternates are still considered Pro Bowlers. And with them not having alternates, I think they're also hindering him from becoming or being recognized as a Pro Bowl corner last season. But this year, I really believe that it will be a difference. He's really on pace and showing that he is one of those corners in the league. Offense is going to have to pay attention to because not only is he a south one-on-one, uh, -on -one, but he put pressure on and he also had good hands on the season. So that was for that match. Kumar Crochet Hill, linebacker from the Houston Texans, was out to seek revenge on one of his former teams in the Miami Dolphins. In this matchup, he did show up. He had himself a solid game when he racked up eight tackles in this matchup. So he definitely did his part in trying to slow down and stop this Miami Dolphins team that started to somewhat, you know, come around. Now, given that was not one of the better games of the NFL season where there was a lot of turnovers, nine turnovers to be, uh, to be exact. And so that's what we recognize inside that game and a lot of pressure put on quarterbacks especially for the Miami Dolphins. And fortunately, one of those defensive players, one of those players from Miami Dolphins that were putting pressure on Tyrod Taylor was the very own Nick Needleham, who was also a veteran from the NFL Regional Combine platform. In this matchup against the Texans, he finished with four tackles, but he also included a sack where he got Tyrod Taylor early in the game in the first quarter with three minutes and 32 seconds remaining in the first quarter. The Titans was facing third. I was going to say, were facing first and ten from from the thirty yard line. Received the ball from shotgun formation. Nick Needleham came flying from the right hand side of the field. Tyrod did not see him. That's when he saw Nick Needleham blasted him, took him down. Tyrod dropped the ball, but it was not a fumble. He was already on the ground when the ball came out. And if that didn't happen, they probably had ten <laughs> turnovers in this matchup. So that was another great game, another great outing in the NFL Regional Combine. And then that minister, but then also with the Tennessee Titans game going up against the Los Angeles Rams, Nick Westbrook, Akina, he had a reception, one reception for 14 yards in that matchup. Okay, that talks about talking about what happened in week nine. We're going to take a quick pause. We're going to come back. We're going to 
finish up everything, talk about the preview for week 10, touch on a couple other things that happened in week nine from the players from the NFL Regional Combine. And then, like I said, mention some players, so we're trying to wrap up the rest of the offensive players to watch out for for the 2022 season as the evaluation process has begun. A little late to the party, so to speak, because trying to find players during the pandemic situation, a lot of players moved around, but we did catch up with them, and we'll talk about some of those players. You listen to the last talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Folks, as you know it, as usual, Friday, we featuring the artists, artists feature Friday from 5 to 5.30 on the BachelorNews.info from 5 to 5.30. Make sure you tune in because we will have the one and only Funkadelic Parliament. Yes, George Clinton and his gang, the Funks, the Funk Masters of the 70s, and not only was their music funky, Mr. Clinton, he was funky too. Well, that's the world in the street. I never met the man. It'll be an honor to meet him, but that was the stigma about Mr. George Clinton. But one thing is cannot cannot be denied. They definitely the father of funk. They definitely got down in the 70s. Wish I had an opportunity. Wish I was a, was old enough. I was around. I was a little kid. Wish I was able to see him in concert because they all they was pioneers and putting on the show. So make sure you guys tune in from 5 to 5.30, Funkadelic Parliament, George Clinton, Boosie, uh, Collins, all those great guys. Make sure you guys stay locked in. And also on Sundays, the Whispering Sounds from not, from 8 to 12 midnight. That's where there's nice, soft music tones. Make sure you guys lock in on the Bachelor News Pro for that. All right, now welcome back to Lock and Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network where you guys can hear about NFL stars tomorrow. Today I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker-Report.com. And make sure you guys follow me on all my social handles that I will announce towards the end of this show. Now, still closing out what happened in week nine. There's not that much left when we're talking about the players from the NFL Regional Combine because Tay Crowler, linebacker for the New York Giants, who's in the starting role, calling defensive plays this year, knowing that um, Blake Hernandez is out for the season. Uh, he's on IR, I would say. He's out on IR. not for sure if he's going to make it back this season. But, however, Tay Crowler is really showing his value for the Giants, and they had a big, big win in that matchup. And Tay Crowler actually led the team in tackles with nine. So that was fantastic showing from the players completely from the NFL Regional Combine platform for week nine. Now we're going to talk about week 10. Week 10 of the NFL, some intriguing storylines to watch out for. Nick Nienaham, we talked about him with the Miami Dolphins, knowing that was going to play, uh, going to salvage some part of the season. It's going to be a long road or trial stretch to say this team won't have a chance to get to the postseason. But one thing we know for sure is that with head coach Brian Flores, He's going to make sure that these guys play really, really hard. They had to play because they had to play host to the Baltimore Ravens um, to start off week 10. And also, although knowing the game had happened, as we talk about it, I talked about it with the article, knowing that Nick Needham and these guys would have to put pressure or better yet would need to make sure they found it, figure out a way to stop Lamar Jackson and that Ravens offense. Uh, we were talking about how Nick Needleham, how much of a role he was going to play in that game, spying on Lamar Jackson, trying to put them in situations where they would make, where the Ravens would make tough decisions in situational football, and the Dolphins was able to do that. Hope they know how they was able to protect their field against that hot Baltimore Ravens when they came to play, and Nick Needleham lived up to that challenge and that secondary. Those defensive backs came to play which helped kept the Ravens from doing what they wanted to do on the field, in the air, and on the ground. So that was a good matchup, and seeing how Nick Neilham and the Dolphins were able to walk away in that matchup. Now, for the rest of the week of Week 10, in terms of the NFL Regional Combine players for, uh, for the NFL, we talked about Keelan Coles early in this show, and we talked about how he had his, pretty much one of his better games in Week 9 when they face the Indianapolis Colts. Now, this week, we're going to have Keelan Cole trying to do what he got to do in order to 
not only help keep the Jets successful, but also let's see what he can do this weekend in catching a touchdown pass. Keenan Cole is one of the receivers in the league, and it's going to be one of the where we will have to see if he can be effective against the the last time Keelan Cole played against the Buffalo Bills, he was a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars. In 2018, he was targeted twice, but he did not catch a pass. Will he be? Will he catch a pass in this game? I highly for sure that he's definitely going to catch a pass in this game. That's for sure. But can he get across that goal line? Knowing that Kevin White has been announced to be the starting quarterback for the Jets, this young man has really shown a lot of poise um, in the, um, in, the, in, the, in the fire pan as an NFL quarterback, showing that he's going to be ready. Got a little banged up in week nine when he injured his wrist, but he's full goal for week 10, which will play favor to um, Coles because Coles is one of his favorite targets. So, yes, I can go on the limb and say that, yes, Cole will, but let's see if he get across that goal line against the Buffalo Bills. And he would definitely have to go up against another player from the regional combine platform and Justin Zimmer, although Justin Zimmer is a defensive tackle, but how much of an impact is he going to have on the Jets to see what he can do to help secure the Bills, showing that they've got to stay pace with the Tennessee Titans, knowing that Derrick Henry is on IR. This is the Bills' um, opportunity to try to bounce back after they had suffered a terrible loss against Jacksonville in week nine. They've got to get back on track. Definitely need Justin Zimmer and his defense to step up and continue to play hard so that the Bills can stay pace with the Titans so they can actually try to secure that number one seed. This year, there's no two seeds um, buys. They only have one buy, and that's for the top seed, the top seed for that conference. So this team needs to make sure they cannot have wins. They cannot have wins slip away, victories that they should have. And that Jacksonville game definitely had put them on notice. So let's watch out to see what Keenan Cole do in this matchup. Speaking of the Jacksonville Jaguars, they have a wide receiver named Tyrod Johnson. Tyrod Johnson came to the platform in 2018, was with the Los Angeles Chargers last year, showing that he's a legitimate deep ball threat. I don't know why he's still not why he's not with the Los Angeles Chargers, but however, he's with Jacksonville. Since being in Jacksonville, it's starting to come around a little slow. After six games, he was only targeted five times, and he caught two passes for 16 yards. So we know that Tyrod Ty is still running the offense, and he need, and, and they're still waiting for him to come around. I really believe that this weekend will be a uh, weekend, a week 10, that he'll start showing flashes of what he was showing with the Chargers. I really believe they're going to take some of the handcuffs off of him. He's used to – he should be now a little bit more um, – I would say ready to take on, or better yet, know the plays so they know how to help execute on the field. Uh, I believe that he definitely have a we're have a definitely getting a rapport with Trevor Lawrence, and I really believe that this could be that game. Could Tyrod? I mean, could 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 Johnson? Tyrod Johnson? Could he come around and start showing light for the Jacksonville Jaguars against this Indianapolis Colts team that they're going to have to deal with? in this matchup. Now, speaking of Indianapolis Colts, Keenan Cole always going to have a good game against the Jacksonville Jaguars as he averaged .1 tackles per outing. But one thing that Cole, I mean, that more, I I say Keenan Cole, my fault. One thing that we know about um, uh, uh, Kenny Moore, Kenny Moore has not caught an interception off the Indianapolis Colts yet. He has three interceptions on the season, still have not picked off a coach quarterback. Will this be the weekend that he will actually secure his first interception off the Indianapolis Colts? Very likely it can happen. I know that he's going to be really aggressive trying to get to Trevor Lawrence in this matchup. That will be something that he will be good for, something the defense know they're going to have to do, knowing that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to come in with a little bit more confidence for the way how they shut down the, the how they shut down the Buffalo Bills. So they're coming in high-spirited, ready to take on the world. So let's see if Tyrod Johnson can get off for Jacksonville Jaguars for the first time this season and let's see if Kenny Moore can make a play 
which is I, which I am expecting him to do in this matchup. So it's going to be something really um, something else to watch out for in terms of the players from the NFL Regional Combine. And so that that will wrap up what we had and what happened in Week Nine and what to expect in Week Ten. Now for some evaluations, talking about running backs. We talked about pass catches. We talked about those guys. Now we're going to get into some quarterbacks to watch out for for the 2022 season. Bailey Zippy from Western Kentucky. Now Bailey, now 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 Bailey, he was a player I was watching out on watching out for last year, and when he was a member of Houston Baptist, he transferred to Western Kentucky, where he's a starting quarterback, and he's having himself a solid solid year playing against a better competition, but pretty much almost near the same, but a little better competition for where he's at now, but he is showing out. He stands at 6'2", 185 pounds. He looked really, really solid out there as a quarterback. Now, I will come out and say that he definitely has next-level arm talent, period. He can make all the throws. His velocity on his, on his balls are incredible. Strong arm. A deep ball thrower. He does that very, very well with accuracy. Better yet, I like to say he does that with touch. He protects his pass catches, meaning that he knows how to. He's not going to put catches in situations where they can get hurt and trying to make a play. So he'll definitely protect his um, his pass catches while he's on the field. He also can throw the ball very well into traffic. He's a complete pocket passer. You don't have to worry about him, you know, trying to scramble or a team making plays for him to do on his legs. But he's definitely a pure uh, pocket quarterback, very agile, reads coverages very well. The thing I like about him is that he's very calm, very calculated. He definitely processes very, very well, processes very, very quickly. So that is something there to watch out for in his skill set. Solid mechanics as a quarterback. He's aggressive when needed, that's for sure, and he definitely makes good judgments and not just, you know, put the ball in harm's way. Now, one of the be- one of the better throws that I love about his throw is his back shoulder throws. His back shoulder, uh, shoulder throws are fantastic. It almost, like I said, next talent level arm, he is a beast when it comes down to that back shoulder throw, and he's shown it this year. Solid pocket awareness, always keeps the clock in his head, and he do not, react to pressure negatively. He actually welcomes in that pressure so that he can do what he has to do for his squads out there on the field. So Bailey Zippy from Western Kentucky, keep your eyes out for that young man. That young man, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I say in advance with a lot of confidence that he's going places. I, I definitely see him on somebody's roster. Not saying he's going to jump off and be a starter, but when we look at the Kevin Whites of the world in the NFL, I would not surprise if he take that same role where he'll sign with the team, be on some practice squads, and then eventually make it. Now, this young man, Davis Alexander from Portland State. Now, I don't really see um, him developing as a quarterback in the league because he's 6'11", 200 pounds, but he definitely had the attributes of converting over to being a wide receiver because he is athletic. He is a pure, pure talent. And I'll definitely see this young man probably doing something on the next level. Definitely looking forward to seeing him. And also Rogan Wells from Western Carolina, 6'3", 210 pounds, a pro-style quarterback, adjusts his passes accordingly, have good velocity on his passes. You get the ball out quick, has good feet, very patient, reads through his progressions very well, have a good touch on his deep ball. This young man is a very solid player who transferred from Valadella State. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in to Locker Talk on the Bastion News Radio Network. I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker-Report.com. And please follow me on any one of my social handles on Twitter at Locker underscore report, on Instagram, Locker Report 100, all small caps, on Facebook, LockerReport.com, and also Locker Talk Podcast on Facebook. But go to YouTube, subscribe to Locker Talk Podcast, where you can see this show in its video format. Trust me, you'll love the highlights and everything that is laid out um, in, in those shows, and make sure you guys go to thebestofnews.airtime.pro to check this show out for those listings that is on there. Everybody stay tuned. Miss Yanni Knott, she's ready to come on, ready to give her a dose of dime. She's ready to come and give you all her knowledge. 
She ready to give you all your guys your wisdom. So make sure you get your dose of uh, get your dose of down from Miss Yanni Knox. She's fantastic. Make sure you guys stay locked in to Fashion News Radio News. Everyone stay blessed. Talk to you guys next week where we're talking about week 10 and then preview week 11. Everyone stay blessed. Why a lot of us stay in these ugly relationships because 
we didn't understand that it was like this. And now we're stuck because we're in love. But you, you always have those what ifs that pop up in the back of your head when you're dealing with somebody that you love, love. And, and that's the thing. That's why you want to pay attention to red flags, to kind of give you a heads up prior to getting into the relationship. But this is what you're dealing with. And everybody has drama. Everybody does. So please understand that a red flag is not a, is an indication that something may not be the way it's being presented and that maybe you want to sit back and look and see if this is actually something you want to deal with. Because at the end of the day, we go back to um, – we go back to the fact that at the end of the day, it is about if you can tolerate the baggage that this person brings, because everybody brings baggage. So this week, we're actually kind of talking about love, relationships, and basically how sometimes we tend to sabotage our own stuff. Real talk, and, that, and I'm one of them. I, I'll, I'll be honest and say that a lot of us are. Um, and some of us are, a, now, now do understand, some of us are able to function in a a healthy relationship, they fall in love, they stay in love, they move forward. But then there are some of us, most of us, who have had some kind of trauma, some type of uh, disappointment, some type of um, been cheated on, had their heart broken, been lied to, I mean, made to be a fool, totally supported and left with nothing in return, very weary to do anything else. That's what makes us self-sabotage. It is basically, ooh, I, I've been here before. This looks familiar. Let me back up. Even if it's a healthy relationship, and that's where we that's that's the self-sabotage because we see red flags in situations that aren't red flags, and that's what I'm saying. So all in the name of love, and some of us have a real, real reason to be paranoid about the situations that we're getting into. We've been done dirty. We've been hurt, for lack of a better word. And that brings me to another comment that was made on the Dose of Zana Toja. There was two made by this um, on this particular subject of red flags, and the other one, which is, um, uh, I'll leave this individual's name as it is, but he said, let the Internet tell you everyone has a mental issue. I don't disagree. Um I'm not saying that everybody has a mental issue, but I am saying that everybody has baggage. Everybody comes into a relationship with baggage. Not everybody has a mental issue, although I do feel like everybody has a form or variant of some type of anxiety, some type of depression. It just depends on how you handle, how you cope, where you are on that scale. But does that mean that everybody has uh, (laughs) depression and anxiety? Probably not. There are some people who are very healthy and very well coping and, and can handle their business in a way that's not going to be uh, counterproductive to your relationship. So that's a lot of big words. Basically saying there are some people who know how to handle situations where they aren't hurting anyone, okay? So we are not all the same. We all have drama, and all of our dramas are different. All of our drama and our traumas are different. So Everybody has baggage, and everybody isn't for everybody, <laughs> okay? Just makes it, okay, so people do get hurt. The reason why this whole show exists is because I want to make sure that when you go into a new relationship, you go with your eyes open, you go with some sort of agenda, you go with your non-negotiables, you go with your um, preconceived, not preconceived, but your um, standards, so that when you get to a space where um, you are falling in love with this cat, it's good. And I don't mean that in a sexual reference. I just mean <laughs> okay. All right, I want you to navigate through the red flags and find somebody that is purposeful to you, okay, that can help you move forward on your purpose, for real, for real, okay? Also, I want you to decide what you can tolerate. Because, again, I go back to everybody has red flags. Everybody has them. This is not a one-person thing. Everybody has them. Everybody has baggage that they come to the the table with. I have baggage. I have two kids. I have three kids, basically, um, and I'm divorced. So there's baggage that I have. Now, mind you, they're all in good spaces right now. Um, uh, 
my oh my my youngest baby's birthday is today. He's seventeen. Happy birthday! Shout out, my love. But um, definitely. We all have baggage, and it's up to the person to say, hey, I, I can deal with this. This is not a big deal, or mm-hmm, this is too much for me. But you get the option to say it up front. That's the thing, okay? Definitely, let's, uh, I want you to feel whole in your relationship. I don't want you to go in and get tripped, all right? So most of us understand that. People are messy. All of us have, because we all of us have our drama, we are all messy. We are, uh, life is messy. Nothing is clean, cut, dry, and and is the way that it is, okay? So definitely we do not believe, we don't begin our lives thinking that something is wrong with us, okay? I don't know if you've ever dealt with a toddler. The toddler thinks that they are, point blank, period, the best, okay? I can do anything. And you also started off like that. That's real. But there was someone, something, something happened in your life that made you feel like, oh, wait a minute, this isn't what I thought it would be. And you started backing up and you started pausing and you started um, looking differently at things, even at yourself. There are some children, it's really sad to say, because, you know, I'm a therapist at a high school who absolutely do not feel like, well, why would somebody love me? What do I have? And I'm like, oh, you are gorgeous. No, I'm not. And, and are uncomfortable with compliments because someone along the way, whether it be a friend, whether it be a parent, whether it be a sibling, someone along the way told them that they weren't, they not, and somebody told them that they weren't anything or that they weren't lovable or that they were a burden or that they um, shouldn't be here or, Um, that, you know, their existence is a problem. And that's where all of our self-sabotage, that's where it comes from, from that point of am I really lovable? Am am I okay in this situation? Um, So why is it that we do self-sabotage? What's the number one reason? Okay, so I'm sure at this point you guys can figure it out. All right. The number one reason for self-sabotage is fear. Nobody wants to be hurt. <laughs> Nobody wants to be hurt. Nobody wants to go through, especially if, like, your previous relationship was ugly. So for me, my ex, my you know, my, my marriage fared well up until the end, and up until the end it got pretty violent, and it was very mentally draining and uh, emotionally toxic. Um, so when your relationship ends badly, those are situations where um, when you go into the next relationship, you harbor those scars on your heart and you sit and you think that everybody, no one is safe. So when you start getting those feelings, you know, those, you know that little twinkly, twinkly feeling that you get when everything is kind of going good. I call it, you know, they call it the honeymoon phase when, you know, first love and you get into it and it, it feels good. And um, I just I call it the vibe. When, it, when I'm vibing, I just want to vibe with you. Can I just vibe with you? And then it starts getting serious. Because vibes, all, I mean, they do. If it's a good vibe, if it's a good flow, it gets serious you start developing real emotions. And so when you start developing those real emotions, your fight or flight, because you've been dragged, you've been dragged. <laughs> and so your your body is like, hold up, pump the brakes. What's going on? What's going on? We felt like this before, and look what happened. Look what happened. We can't do this. Wait a minute, hold up. Do you really want to go into this again? What if they do this? What if they do that? That is what I'm talking about is your mind starts creating these different um, scenarios, situations. Our anxiety kicks into overdrive. We start looking at everything as if it was an offense. We start looking at everything as if it was meant to hurt us, and it's absolutely not this well, depending on your partner, of course. But if you've been using your red flag be able to know. We're going to pause for the cause before I go all into this. we got 15 more minutes. i got a lot of stuff to give you, so let's get that to going, okay? So, brief break. 
I want to mention that, of course, on this radio station, which is the Bachelor News Radio Network, we have Feature Album Friday. Now, Feature Album Friday is like 30 minutes of one um, of, of a different artist, and you hear the whole entire um, the whole entire discography, basically. So this week it's going to be Parliament and the Funkadelic. I don't know nothing about that. I may have to tune in just to figure out. I mean, I know it reminds me of I, I, when I think about it. I think about skating, like back in the. Um, Back in the early 90s, late 80s, skate, you know, um, for us it was Skate Town Tulsa and Skateland, but definitely that's what it reminds me of, so, you know, uh, but I guess that's going to be a fun time. I'm not a really big, huge uh, parliament fan, but we're going to move on. Definitely check in, tune at, uh, check into that. It's going to be 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 6 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on the Bachelor News Radio Network, and that's uh, the Bachelor News dot airtime dot pro or six four six nine two nine zero one three zero and also they have every night uh, from eight p.m. Eastern to midnight is whisper softly. It's kind of like a, their version of the Quiet Storm. It's pretty cool. You should check it out. They do slow slow jams and everything else uh, that. Uh, to get the mood set for you to mellow out for the rest of the night. That's one of the things I love about this station. They always do something fun. So make sure you check it out. Definitely um, my sister uh, in social work, Lakeisha Lewis-Vick, she is honest, um, an awesome person to listen to. She's on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. I want to say that's Eastern Standard Time as well. Um, but if I'm not, I will correct that on uh, in the group. So I hope you guys are tuning into the group. So let's move on. I wanted to get into it because I do not want to leave any of this information here. So learning that, learning what we know about relationships, because we learn what we know from relationships from our parents, from our siblings, from um, our friends that go into these relationships. And if they're toxic and we see things, we learn what it is that we want, what we don't want from looking at this. Now, if your parents had a toxic relationship or and I do mean sometimes they don't stay together. Like mine was married to death to their part, so I have a whole different view. And and understand that my view, because my parents were married to death to their part, and someone else whose parents may have been divorced, our views of relationship are going to be totally different, totally different. Okay, and that's something that you want to have communication about when we talk about reflex. That's also some of the things that you want to check into. I believe in you can work out anything, whereas somebody else might say. Too much is too much, and we're both right. Understand that. Okay. So definitely we learn about our relationship and how to handle stuff in a relationship. So if you hear a lot of arguing in your house, this is what you feel like should be done in your relationship. So that's part of the reason why we end up with all of this baggage, because we, we take on these qualities of our of the people that we are around the most, and um, and it becomes part of our relationship personality, okay? Some of us, and I go back to this, we learned about relationships from our parents. Some of us were not loved enough, and if we were not loved enough, comes in those different abandonment issues and neglect issues. Those suckers right there, when I told you, we, we talked about this before, but I feel like physical abuse, does come with an emotional component because there's a trust factor. The person that I love the most is hurt. But emotional and mental abuse, to me, are the longer-lasting, more devastating things that can be done to another individual because not only um, do they not trust, they don't trust anything. Um, If you're not loved enough, if you're neglected, if you're abandoned, you do not feel cherished, why would you ever feel like you deserve something better than garbage. So that's why I'm I'm all about if you can give love, give it, especially with your younger people in, in your life. If you are in touch with a younger kid, make sure you give them some love every now and again because they may not be getting it from anybody else. And if you are that one person that can show them love, it'll help tremendously. Moving on, when we develop um, into these things that we have, depending on what's happened in our, our childhood, we develop roles. So if our parent was overly critical of us, we are now a judge. Oh, no, that's not good enough. No, I don't like this. No, this is not going to work. It's or, or we become the people pleaser. 
oh, my God, I have to do this perfect. If I don't do this perfect, they won't love me. That's the whole abandonment issue. Please understand that because I'm one of those that I, I am very conscious about the things that I put out that I put my name on because I want it to be perfect. And if we go back, if I follow through that, that whole stem, that whole stem comes from the fact that if I'm good enough, they won't leave me. That's not necessarily true. And then, so when somebody does leave, I wasn't good enough. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, which is what self-sabotage is, okay? So then there's the victim. We all know what a victim is. I don't have to break that down. And we all know how, how victims are produced, okay? The more louder you are, the more attention you get. And then, unfortunately, that becomes a huge problem in a relationship. If you are judging in your relationship, if you are a victim in your relationship, you are sabotaging that relationship. If you are like me, and which I, and I say these things because I am consciously working on them. I'm controlling. I like things to be just so. I need things to be this way. And if you are one of those people that if it's not the way that you need it to be, you feel out of control, you feel like you're going to panic, then that's definitely a self-sabotage for sure. Because not life is, I've said it before, life is messy. People are messy. Not everything is going to flow the way you need it to do. And you have to adapt the mindset of, is it good enough? Did it work? Doesn't matter if it was perfect. Did it work? Okay. These things are going to show up. If you are, if this is how you know if you're self-sabotaging. You have to stop and present and say, is this the reaction that I really want? Which Leads me to kind of a different kind of conversation when I'm going off topic real quick. Um, we react in relationships with our with it, it is a, a whole reaction. What do I mean by that? We do not proact. So if something somebody says something to us, we do our knee jerk reaction. If if somebody didn't say something I like, I shut down. If somebody doesn't say something, oh, I'm ready to jump at it. What I want is for them to come to me and hold me. What I said was totally opposite. So we have got to get out of this knee-jerk reaction when it comes to relationships. You want someone to hold you, you need to swallow your pride, and you say, I, I really need you to just hold me right now. That's part of the problem. That's part of the problem. Because here's the thing. We tend to allow our person to be prideful, and that's not going to get you anywhere in your relationship. We, and that's why I say this a lot when, I, when it comes to the people that I'm talking to, um, we communicate around here. We apologize and we try to do better. We communicate around here. You have to be in a space where you don't just need your react and yell and when all you want is for someone to love you, you cannot knee-jerk react. You have got to stop yourself and get vulnerable and say, hey, what I really need right now is this. Okay, sabotage. And we're going to go into a whole show on how to stop. But definitely I need you to know that the problem is we knee-jerk react and all of a sudden things are bigger than what they should be. So some of the other things that actually show up as, self, as sabotage is having emotional affairs. Now, I'm not having an emotional affair. If you have a work wife or a work husband, that's an emotional affair. If you have someone outside of your relationship, and I'm not talking about friends. Friends, I need you to have because if you spend too much time with somebody, that's also self-sabotage. You need somebody outside of the relationship that you can be good with so that they're, you're not totally dependent on them. But I'm talking about a whole emotional relationship with someone else, not physical. Although it's not cheating, some people may consider it cheating, but it, although it's not real full-fledged cheating, it is definitely self-sabotage because you will tend to want what someone else brings versus what your mate is bringing. So be careful. That stuff can get sticky, all right? Um, <laughs> and that's based on neglect, too. When your mate is not available to give you attention, you run to whomever to get that attention. Facebook, you know, the, the Instagram, Facebook things for likes, that's the whole attention thing. That's based on neglect and uh, abandonment. That's not based on, um, oh, they don't love themselves enough. 
You're, well, it is. Because they were never showed that they weren't anything more than their body or whatever. Okay. So shutting down, getting numb. Shutting down may seem like a, a, a good suggestion. Oh, I shut down. Like, you know, I get quiet. You're not working out the problem because what happens when you shut down is that the problem will occur again because you did not fix what had happened. You only covered it up by being silent. You stopped the argument. All conflict is not is not bad conflict. Conflict can actually bring you to some deeper understandings and get you to hit some higher levels if you are of the understanding that this is a vibe, that this is a relationship that we are trying to build and grow. Sometimes conflict has to get a real understanding of where this person is. So are you going to fight? Probably. It's a disrespect that you don't want. For sure. So trust issues becoming inconsistent. If they become inconsistent, hmm. If they become inconsistent, it is a problem. If they become inconsistent, it's a problem, especially for those of us um, who have anxiety or who have abandonment issues or who have neglect issues or who have um, depression. By stepping out of the relation, by being inconsistent, by being absent, you are letting the anxieties run wild. They have now made up a whole story as to why you were not there. So that's, that's the sabotage for sure, because when you come back, you're going to come back to all that anxiety. It does not go away. And even your explanation as to where you were and why you do may not be enough, especially for somebody who has um, high-functioning anxiety because we hide it really well. Please understand. So that's a real thing. And then, of course, you know, picking arguments. Picking arguments is, is absolutely – now, that's when you know you're sabotaging. You want to get out. You want to find a reason because you're uncomfortable, because you're afraid, especially when it's like love involved on the table. That's a definite real one, okay? <laughs> Picking arguments to find a – I just laughed because I saw a comment from my sister girl, Isaiah, she said she'll catch, that somebody will catch a work uppercut. I'm laughing. I got That's funny. Um, definitely, and then, of course, the last one is cheating. I mean, sabotage seems innocent at first. Like I saw a meme and it had me dying, but it's true. Why are you texting somebody if you are in a committed relationship? Why are you texting somebody? That's, you are setting yourself up. It looks like I have a comment off of the chat line. This is Alicia in Maryland asks, how much does fear and abandonment and fear of struggles and intimacy play, play a role in sabotaging relationships? Oh, 100%, all of it. How much? All of it. Remember, we all have different traumas, and our, all of our traumas are different and coming from different places. Some of our traumas come from our parents. Some of our traumas come from relationships that we've had. Like, um, and, and, again, your parents could have been 100% attentive, but the problem becomes when you get into a relationship and your, your mate isn't attentive. That's going to mess you up. And, and when you um, are not, your needs are not met, you tend to make up stuff. You tend to do stuff to get that need met, kind of like the kids who seeking attention and they seek attention in the wrong way, okay? So definitely we are going to do another show on this to show, to talk about ways to stop yourself from, from self-sabotaging. So I hope you guys tune in for that because it's, it's, it's just, I have some good information on that. There's actually more information on how to stop than information on um, <laughs> what causes it. But what absolutely causes it is fear. So I hope you guys, I'm wishing you guys well. And I'm going to leave you with one of the affirmations that I used to get myself to a better space when it came to my ex-husband because he, 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 he beat me down with it and told me I wasn't worth anything. So I had to tell myself every morning in the mirror, looking myself in the eye, uncomfortable as it was, is that I am enough. I deserve your love. And I think we've done this one before, but I, I cannot stress how how powerful that one affirmation is. So that is my time. I am glad that you joined me. I will be here next week, and I will have the same topic, but we'll talk more so about how to get out of self-sabotage. And thank you for tuning in right here on the Bachelors Radio Network. Sometimes we fall in love.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.